Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by OK Studios. I'm Jay Bratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer, and it, it, you know it feels real good to be back. I feel like I've said that before, but this time I've done it. <laughs> it's the second time's a charm, right? Uh, second well, time I'm back, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not only it's me for the first time back in a while, but we have a very special guest tonight, VR YouTuber, Lipnox VR. Lip, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself for all of our listeners? Thank you guys. It's, it's awesome to be on this. It, uh, this is actually my first podcast appearance on anything, so there you go. You guys are the first <laughs> ones. First first ones and the best ones. But, uh, Congrats, yeah, it's, I do, it's really I do a crowning Quest. moment. <laughs> I, do, I do Oculus Quest reviews. I cover a lot of indie, smaller titles from App Lab, SideQuest. Uh, I also cover stuff on PSVR and PC and just generally VR stuff, having fun. Hey, it's fantastic to have you, Lip. I'm excited. Uh, For all of you out there listening, if this is your first time or you're coming back, our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our Discord and Patreon communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest VR news. And then we discuss the games that we've all played recently and kind of discuss VR concepts from there. Uh, If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here right now in virtual reality. We're interacting. We're pointing at each other. We're knocking things that we can't see in the real world (laughs) over. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you check it out if you haven't seen us there and come see our lovely virtual faces. Let's talk about let's talk about some questions, Adam. Who who had a question this week? Sure. So our first question is from our Discord community member Vtid, and he asks, "Do you see an issue where such high resolution headsets exist now, but GPUs, even the top end, can't get the very most out of them?" And he's wondering if that this is going to be a gap opening up. So, like maybe in two years, we have 8K headsets, but we just can't get the GPUs to power them. And, you know, honestly, it's hard to get any graphics card nowadays, let alone yeah. ones that can power VR, right? And so do yeah. you guys see this being a problem even more in the future where just VR headsets outpace what computers can can output? Well, I think one big issue with the GPUs is the crypto market has been really booming for the past 12 months on a level <laughs> even more than before. And we just had a big downfall, which has brought those markets down and the benefit for those people spending enormous amounts of money to buy these GPUs has diminished a bit combined with, I think they just had the TIs that just came out or just in the process of coming out, which are pretty, pretty expensive on its, on its first, you know, element. But I think you combine those types of things. I I think it's going to level out. I mean, Nintendo has supposedly a pro coming out this year. Oculus is definitely going to be coming out with a new headset within the next 12 months. I, I would imagine I just it makes sense to me that things are things are moving along. I think we're going to go back to normal within the next eighteen months. Well, I hope so. Cause I, need <laughs> I mean, that's, I need that's a the cycle. I think you need to. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so because I need a GPU. What what GPU do you have? I don't know, Lipnox. Uh, I got an RTX twenty sixty, but nice. I will make you jealous. My my girlfriend does have a thirty eighty. Nice. Oh boy. <laughs> How would you manage to snag those before the crypto miners? And you know, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point that I didn't think about before where, you know, honestly, the main thing that we need to fuel VR becoming widely accessible is that we need Bitcoin to die. Like it just is one of those weird things, right? Where everything just is so connected. 
Yeah. yeah it's, it's messing when, you, it up. When, when you see how much money they're making, it's just, it makes sense why they're paying what they're paying for those cards. It just majorly sucks when it's like impacting the entertainment aspect when you think the two of them should have nothing to do with each other, but they're <laughs> directly competing. Yeah. I, I, totally agree with both of you and i it makes me wonder like why isn't there what software company that has or a hardware company that has come out with like a crypto mining gpu like specifically made for it that would run great they could charge a crazy price like these things are constantly sold out how, how is no one else entering this realm and and jumping in on this and making tons of money off it i, I don't know you see the thing is that they have they just buy out too quickly and so all of them needs like an entire server farm of gpus they just, I mean, they run out, and so they get whatever is widely accessible, which is all these gaming GPUs. Um, uh. But even if even if Bitcoin was just completely to die tomorrow, right, I, I still feel like maybe in two years that VR headsets, the resolution is just going to get way better than what computers are able to output. Yeah, it's it's definitely something where we want photorealism more than ever. Like we want in gaming, it's important to have good graphics, but at some point it's a monitor in front of you. It only needs to be so good in yeah. a headset. We want it to be flawless and to get there, it's going to have to be intensely powerful. And I yeah, I think it's I think it's coming. I think Dave asked a good question because I think there may be a problem coming unless we keep seeing more headsets like the Quest come out that aren't going for that high end and are all inclusive in themselves. You don't need a GPU for that. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing too to add to that is that you need people making these games and the mm -hmm. focus on making PC VR is almost completely diminished. I think if not for PSVR 2, you'd see a lot of developers completely jump ship and just go pure quest. Ugh. Oh, that's about to open a whole nother can of worms. So I will Sorry. I will <laughs> jump us on to the next question here. Uh, Dave also asked in this, he said, do you agree that one's enjoyment of VR directly relates to the person's expectations? So for him, he said that he appreciates and loves VR because it has so much more than gaming. But he said a lot of gamers he's seen get into VR uh, become disappointed quickly because they think every game is going to be Half-Life Alex, and they don't see all this enormous potential that VR has. Uh I personally am kind of on both sides of the coin because like I am so excited about seeing VR get out of the gaming realm and do more in the world, more good training for work, healthcare, surgery. There's so much it can do. But at the same time, I'm I'm kind of sick of the fact that especially because the Quest 2 is so immensely popular that we're, we're back in the same boat we were with PSVR four years ago is we're just getting experience after experience fed to us instead of getting any real big games. Well, you know, it's just all about how popular it is, right? But the Quest 2, I think, is going to fuel that because the Quest 2 has been so popular and getting into the hands of so many people. Companies are actually going to start taking it seriously and start making some more AAA games for it. It'll just take time for them to start realizing it and for enough talent in the industry to exist for them to start being able to make VR games. Yeah, I think I think from, from my perspective on that, it's just... The, the quest is where people are. The quest is wireless. And on the other hand, I think that for a lot of these types of business type things, I think they're sort of moving on onto AR in a lot of ways and onto these like virtual computer type of situations a lot more than specific applications. And I think once Oculus has that, uh, whatever that home, whatever their desktop thing is, they're working on the infinite desktop or something. I think when that comes out, that'll be a massive changer for people that are looking for that kind of working type of thing. But when it comes to like PC VR quality games impacting the thing, I mean, I think 
at you look at Saints and Sinners, Saints and Sinners on the Oculus Quest is still a fantastic game for VR in every way except for the graphics. So I don't think that because it's got lesser power that these are lesser games in any way. It's just putting the money into getting these on the headset and optimized even run on the headset. That's the problem. That's that's where we need to reach is that point where more companies see the value in making these big games that we want. Because, I mean, we'll talk about games later in the podcast, but I, I played some new games on Quest and it's like they're, they're, they just remind me of like the old days of VR so often. It's like <laughs> they're these little short games. I I want something big. Just to interact, interject with that, but the amount of games that still come out without smooth locomotion and smooth turning Blows my mind. We are so far into <laughs> VR and they still keep making simple mistakes and then they have to patch it in the first thing. And you go to the Oculus store and you see all the reviews and there's a decent percentage that it will knock them entirely because the comfort options that they want are not there. Yep. Well, you know, and, and, and that goes back mistake. to them. I just think that goes back to my original point though, where sometimes it's not lack of desire to make VR games, right? I think that there's just a certain amount of talent in the industry that needs to exist, you know? Like if there's only 10 VR developers out there and they're all working for Half-Life Alex, everyone basically has to keep reinventing their wheel and coming up with these things. And so I feel like given enough time, VR will, you know, make VR great again. And uh, and we'll start seeing a lot of, we'll, we'll start seeing a lot of AAA VR titles coming out in the near future. I hope. I feel like we've been saying that for years, so I hope so. Well, you know, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. (laughs) We know Splinter Cell's coming. Like that's that's got to be a AAA title, right? We got the Resident Evil. That's that's AAA in my opinion, at least. Yeah, we we see them now and again, but it's like a sprinkling. I believe we're going to get there, but I I feel like they sprinkle some, and I'm like, here it is, and then it like pauses for a minute. But hey, I. Saints and Sinners and Half-Life Alex come out within like months of each other and then yep. nothing for yep. <laughs> like a year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, the great questions as always from our community. If you want to get your questions answered, join our Discord. Uh, let's talk about some news. But first, we got to talk about uh, our new sponsor. Adam, do you want to you want to throw that out there for us? I'd be more than happy to. So this neat week's news segment is brought to you by the OKVR Esports team. So we've talked about them before in the past. We've had Jordan from the VR OKVR OK Esports team on our podcast. They've been crushing it in the Omni Arena, but they're also reaching out to start dominating the VR Master League coming up later this year. Go check them out. Oh, definitely. All right, Jay. Yeah, what's uh, our first news piece this week? Well, Vive Pro 2. We talked about it last podcast. If you didn't know, Vive Pro 2 is coming out. It's actually has started shipping and reviews are finally starting to roll in. Uh, so Vive Pro 2, for if, if anyone out there is like, oh, what are you talking about? The HTC Vive was one of the biggest headsets in VR in the early days. They then went on to make a Vive Pro that built upon it a little bit. Well, now they're making a Vive Pro 2 to build further on that. And as far as the good specs, it's got crazy high resolution, 120 hertz refresh rate, and then it starts to kind of fall off from there according to all these reviews that are rolling in. So on paper, this should be one of the best headsets. They say it's got a 120 degree field of view. It's got six megapixels per eye. But the problem is with every review that's rolling in, they're saying that this thing is not the experience that it promised to be on paper. Yes, it has a wider field of view due to these two new lenses that they put in together, these concentric lenses. But the the vertical field of view 
now is much smaller. And they're noticing that. You're noticing that you can't look up and down as high. It's a much more narrow tunnel. People are saying that just like other HTC headsets, it has such a small sweet spot that you're constantly grabbing the headset and adjusting it, trying to see, which is breaking your gameplay. And once you finally get it all adjusted, perfectly to your head you let someone else try it and it's it's done for it's all ruined <laughs> you gotta adjust it all again uh so the tough thing the vibe pro 2 is trying to do it needs to either have the best freaking visuals on the market and people are saying it's still not quite beating the clarity of the reverb g2 uh or they're saying well the other important thing is it needs to have uh the widest field of view and the best refresh rate and it's still not beating the index in either of those areas either so what, what Lipnox, are you, are you following this vibe pro two stuff? What have you seen so far? To, to me, it looks like the only market they're trying to go for is existing vive owners to buy an upgraded <laughs> headset <laughs> and then, and then, then the enterprise stuff. But it's like that to, to me, it's like, they just, when I watched that event, I was so excited. And then I saw what they had to offer. And I'm just like, this doesn't impress me at all. And then you add in these reviews afterwards and I'm like, you're just you're just icing on the cake. I mean, <laughs> send send it send it out. I don't even I don't even care. Yeah, uh, Adam, you had an original vibe. What what do you think about some of this? Honestly, it just feels like that they took the original vibe and like, hey, lots of people bought the vibe, and they're just trying to make it a little bit better every yep. single time. But the whole industry has completely evolved and gone on without them. Yep. Yep, I'm I'm with you. I said this on a previous podcast, but I said not even applying to VR. I said HTC's problem is they always come in and they make something amazing. They did this with phones, and then they rely on that phone and barely upgrade it and think people are going to keep buying it. It's like, <laughs> you got to keep up. And this thing is not, this isn't some budget headset. This is $800 for just the headset, $1,400 if you want the entire kit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is a ton of money, and it doesn't even come with knuckle controllers. It comes with the Vive Wands, the same old Vive Wands we've had for years that don't have any analog sticks on them. Yeah, you know what I think? I think that they're just trying to really go after the enterprise market, and they're doing it for privacy. Because you can get, I mean, a Quest 2, which is just better in price. It has a lot of the same features, if not better in some ways. Um in, and in many of the ways that this headset is better, it's just small incremental improvements over the Quest 2. But I think that so many people are, are going to go for this because it's private. You don't have Facebook on it. You don't have maybe the, the stigma of companies wanting to buy an index because it's a gaming headset, right? And so I feel like now more than ever, they're just trying to completely capture the enterprise market, get out into the hands of those corporations. But you know that that's going to hurt them because... I mean, we're a gaming headset. We're going to talk about the games on here. This thing, if you're trying to game on VR, <laughs> don't get this headset. Yeah. Well, and the, the question to me too, like, why would this be appealing to businesses though? I mean, a business looks at a $1,400 price tag and you've got a reverb G2 for 600. You've got an index for a thousand. Oh, that's right. And it, and also though, as a, if I was getting running a business, I would want something honestly with inside out tracking. So I don't want sensors to have to set up. I don't want more time to have to go into this thing. I want it to be simple. So I'm not really sure HTC is going to hit the mark even with businesses. That that's the one thing I don't understand is that they're like it, it, when you have when you have the tracking they have, yeah, you're going to get much better like tracking for video games. But on a business sense, it makes absolutely no sense to use that kind of tracking. So. What, wait, like that's, I keep looking at them like, who is this market? Like, what are they trying to do? Are they just adding things and releasing whatever they have, or they actually have a plan? 
<laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Uh, if you're out there and you you want to see some of the actual reviews, Road to VR has a full write up. Uh, Mike at VR Oasis, great channel. He's got it. Uh, Adam Savage is tested. They went through it. Uh, so another surprising thing about it, it, the mic though in the tests when they showed it, it is crap. Oh. The mic is just absolute crap. Like if, even for a business, like if you have someone talking to someone else on that, you should have a good mic. What were they thinking? <sighs> I I get tired of going over bad news in the VR industry, but it feels like we get a lot of it all the time. So, hey, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> if you want to buy one and try it out and tell us what you like about it, I would love to hear if there's anything, if there's anything to love about it. Uh, but it seems like every review I've seen so far has been somewhat negative. I've, I've seen, I've seen a little bit of chatter of people being a little bit positive about it, but I think it, it's people like upgrading that are, you know, obviously it's going to be better than the last headset, or at least I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, I mean, if you were someone who only went with Vive and you were only upgrading through the Vive line, it would probably feel nicer, but there's so many other, other headsets with other features that do better things that it seems crazy to spend this much on this headset to me. Oh, well, <laughs> it's a year we'll... and a half late. Yeah. <laughs> it's a year yeah. and a half late. <laughs> that's, that's the reality. They just they just missed the they just missed the mark by a while. Oh, sad face. Uh, speaking of VR innovators, Adam, there's there's some new stuff going on with uh, Megadodo, right? Ah, uh, yes, Megadodo. You know they they've been promising a lot with their uh, huge new Deca Gear headset that we've talked extensively about on the podcast in the in the past. Uh, but this week we're going to be talking about the Deca Move. Now, if you're tuned with us, when when did we first start talking about the Deca Move? Wow. It must have been easily November? four months ago, right? I feel like oh, it was in November, like six or so? months more. Then. Yeah, yeah. So we've been we've been talking about the Deca Move. It's sort of been floating up there. It's this device that you strap around your waist, and it's supposed to help with telling VR games and other VR applications what direction your chest is rotated in, not just focusing on your head. Um, and so they've been touting this as one of the next big must-have innovations. Um, the headset is still in development and still being worked on, but the DECA move is actually in the hands of testers right now. And uh, now this isn't fully spatial awareness. So you can't, for example, you know, lean around a corner in VR and have it detect you. But it will help a lot, for example, in games like snowboarding games, where you're able to twist your body one way and you have your head looking another way instead of your whole body following your head whenever you look around. And so I think that it's a really cool innovation, but uh, whether or not developers program that type of thing into it, though, still remains to be seen. But how, what do you guys think? If you had access to one of these Deca Move, would you use it? Uh, well, I, I heard they were doing something where you could use, they were making some sort of phone app and you're going to be able to use the, essentially the technology or at least test the technology using your phone for free. Oh, wow. So, I mean, to, to me, it's like if, if that's actually a thing and I can use the gyroscopes in my phone already to get a feel for what this technology is and I like it, I'm going to be more likely to invest actual money into it. And I feel like when you have that situation, now you're giving developers an opportunity to program for this without having to buy something else. So when it comes to these smaller developers, especially on the PC VR side, 
it supports Deca Move is is a selling point. You know, you get a bunch of people that are wanting to try it out, and you release a game. Could be pretty awesome. I mean, I played a bunch of snowboarding games. There's a bunch of, I mean, I played the VR skater, and all of these things, like you said, would benefit from the ability to be able to track where your waist is turning. You know, that's an interesting point you bring up. Would you buy a game just because it had a deck of move? So let's say you had a deck of move in your collection. You saw this new game. It kind of looks so-so, kind of looks a little mediocre. Would you buy it, though, if it supported deck of move? I mean, if it if it looks mediocre, I'm not going to play it anyway. <laughs> I buy mediocre games. Not gonna, no, you're not going to buy it just for the feature. <laughs> I kind of I kind of understand that question though because there was t- there was times when I had the 3D rudder that I saw it supported a game and I was like should I get this game just to see if this is going to make the 3D <laughs> rudder better to me because I wasn't a fan of the 3D rudder but the deck move it's it's totally different it's a totally different idea of course but shooters if if you set a first person shooter to forward is the way your head is aiming or you set it forward is the way your controller is aiming it's always a mess because I'm holding forward and then I need to reload so I go to reload and then my body is going this way and that way or I set it to my head and I'm going forward and I want to look to the side really quick and then suddenly I'm going that way it, it is solving a problem that exists. The question is, do people want to buy something? Do they want to have to have it charged up? Do they want to have to strap it to themselves somewhere? Is all of that worth what this is going to do for gaming? I, I think competitive shooters, competitive gaming, people are going to use this. I think your average consumer, it's going to be an enthusiast thing. I don't think that many people are going to get that excited about this idea. It's too expensive to just get start adding all these accessories and people only are buying into VR because the quest is affordable. Mm-hmm. You start adding in, oh, you need to buy this $300 accessory. Like you look at the facial trackers and it's like, oh, it looks awesome, but that's really expensive. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I could be haptic vest. I'd love to have the be haptic vest. But you start adding all these accessories in and you're looking at like thousands and thousands of dollars of tech that could easily be outdated in a year. Yeah. Yeah, but not just so. not just the money though. It's just like how much time it would take to start putting on all these accessories. I mean, VR already when you you know get done with work and whatever and want to jump into VR, it's already a commitment to get your mm-hmm. computer all set up, get the headset on, make sure that mm-hmm. everything's tracked, clear out your space, and then can you imagine having to like strap on another belt and put on a vest for your for your haptics? It's just it's starting to get a lot of work. <laughs> this is where Gun they stocks. need to team up. <laughs> B haptics and Deca move need to team up, put it in the freaking thing, running on the same battery packs, the same Bluetooth connection, make it. So if I want to put a haptic vest on, it's also going to give me the benefit of my character is going to go the way my chest is facing instead. Don't make me keep strapping things on my body, start teaming up and working together to solve these problems together. And then it's going to be great. Like that, if, if they came together, I would <laughs> gladly do this. Yeah. Deca that, gear, you got to call us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's exactly that's exactly where it is, and that's what I think too. Because that's why I'm like, I, I don't want to buy this stuff now. I want to buy it when you figure out what he's saying. <laughs> Give me one device that does all these cool gimmicks, and now I'm interested. It's just like it's how to buy them all. It's just like how B Haptics has uh, partnered with Omni for one of their next treadmills. The thing that's going to hold you into the treadmill is going to be the haptic vest. Ooh, it's perfect. It's it's a perfect marriage of it. Now you add. Now you're actually controlling it with your legs. You don't even need the deca move though if you're using a treadmill because you're controlling your direction with your legs instead. So, I I feel like it's going to fall into obscurity. I, there might be a better version that comes from this and does well, but this first gen deca move, I I'll be shocked if it ends up being a well known accessory for a lot of people. 
Yeah, but me on the other hand, I hope that it is successful just because I think that that idea needs to move forward where yeah, yeah. there's some sense of the rest of your body, not just your face and your hands. And <laughs> so maybe you won't be in the DECA move, but I hope that the idea itself lives. I, I kind of wonder if it could be something as simple as like inside out tracked headsets. You just put on a little light up belt buckle or something and it can see it when you're moving your head around and kind of know <laughs> which way your belt's facing instead of having to have one more thing that has to be, you know, plugged in and wired in and set up. I just there's got to be an easier way. Maybe you can put yeah. something in your pocket, even just a little, <laughs> a little ball you put in your pocket. And that's that's, that's, that's what it's, it's doing, right? It's just, it's just gyroscoped, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like right. a pointer. <laughs> yeah. uh, but well, I, I think that it still remains to be seen how the testers, what the testers will think of it and how it, and how it ends up. But uh, let's move over into our game section. Now, Jay, I know that you've played a couple interesting games this week, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, what's been on your mind? Well, uh-oh. Yeah, something happened. Um, unblocked. <laughs> <laughs> a little technical difficulty. Uh, so this last week, another song pack for Beat Saber finally dropped. These things are so few and far between that the community gets pretty excited when we get one. And it is called the Interscope Music Pack. Uh, mm-hmm. Interscope Mixtape, actually, is what it's called. But it's the music pack, all from Interscope Records, with a lot of popular bands and a whole variety of them. We're talking Kendrick Lamar, LMFAO, Limp Biscuit, Maroon 5, and a bunch of others, like seven tracks came out for $10. Oh, those are some big names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lip, you, you had, uh, this was a special thing for you because you had one band you really liked dropped a song on this, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm like a diehard Limp Bizkit fan. And, <laughs> you know, in, in North America, it's been a rough, it's been a rough two decades. <laughs> so to be honest, getting, getting any positive news about the band is get something to be excited about. When you add in VR to that, which is already my thing, I, I I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I was like, Interscope, haha! It'd be funny if Limbisca was in that. They're an Interscope, and then it actually they are in it, and I'm like, no way! Like this is, <laughs> this is insane. Take take my money. I'm just I'm just emptying my pockets. You know, can I buy it on multiple platforms? But I think <laughs> I think what really blew my mind was I I I was tweeted about it because I was so excited, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna get some hate for this. I don't even care. I'm so excited, and I did not get any hate. In fact, I Beat Saber themselves retweeted me and I got an enormous amount of love for it. So I was, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And Roland is a great song. There's tons of drumming in it. It's a, it's a perfect fit for Beat Saber. It, it really was. And I got to say some of the ones that I was more excited about, like the party rock anthem by LMFAO and just, just to see, I'm not super big into Kendrick Lamar, but to see a song of his on there, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be excited about that. I actually did not love a lot of the songs, how they were mapped and how they played. They just didn't feel as fun. I kept, as I was live streaming, I kept saying like, I don't know what is going on, but I feel like it's almost a chore to play these right now. Like Limp Biscuit and Gwen Stefani, The Sweet Escape were the best ones by far. They were the ones I had the most fun playing. But when I was like trying to get through Don'tcha by the Pussycat Dolls and Sugar by Maroon 5, you realize when you're playing a game like Beat Saber how redundant a lot of popular pop songs actually are. <laughs> and then if the mappers make the mistake of using the same mapping through those redundant parts, it just becomes boring. And that's how I felt about a lot of the song pack. Uh, you I, know, a little, that's a shame. 
Yeah. Uh, what about the difficulty, Jay? How would you say that the difficulty of these songs relates to maybe some of the other song packs that have released? Uh, it's all over the board because you play Maroon <laughs> 5 on Expert Plus and it's like easy where you play uh, DNA on Expert Plus and it just feels like the the notes, you're not even sure what they're mapping it to. It's You're just all over the place playing it. <laughs> it's definitely not the hardest song pack by any means. Uh, I went and played through it all on Expert. My first run, I full comboed almost all of them and took the number one spot on most of them. Uh, and well, so no I'm, need to show off your <laughs> I know, I know, but, that, but that's, I hadn't played in a month. So I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't my skill. This is, these aren't mapped that hard, but then you get into expert plus and it's just one's, one's really easy and one is crazy weird. And it's just all over the place. It just, it's weird when you, cause we've mostly had song packs that are all the same group or at least all the same genre. And this thing is just all over the place. So, uh, I, I would say if you're interested, I would pick and choose, kind of like Love Knox here. I'd pick and choose the songs you want. I if I could go back, I wouldn't have paid for all of these songs. Honestly, I would have I would have probably chosen two or three of them and moved on. Yeah, oh, that's I, an I interesting don't, I don't point. Can you buy? Hmm. <laughs> can you buy songs individually? Yeah, but you'll pay more. So I think it was ah. ten dollars. Was it ten dollars for the whole song pack? But then it, it's two dollars a piece if you buy them separately. So it's fourteen dollars if you ended up buying them all separately. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. But I mean, for uh, how many songs do we got here? Like seven songs? Yeah. I mean, seven songs for $10. I mean, for, for a Beat Saber music pack, that's not all that much. Yeah. Yeah. I think they I think they knew that it wasn't going to be a huge hit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I just, I was just so surprised because usually I love the song packs. The BTS song pack was great. The only reason I would say buy this song pack is the environment that comes with it. You're in like this underground car park and the cars are bouncing to the music oh. and stuff. That was actually super cool. What, what were you going to say? Lynn? You actually get that. You actually get that anyways. You can go to your custom thing. You can change the oh. settings to get that. And you don't have to own the song pack for it to work. I always thought you had to have the song pack so. for that to unlock. Uh, I I don't know. The car parking one. That was, I had that. I don't know. I was I was well, playing you know the songs what? in that. Oh well, if you get the car park anyway, well then I guess there's no point to the song pack, right? <laughs> maybe Limp Biscuit and and weirdly enough, I don't know how I'm saying this. Maybe the Sweet Escape. That that song was actually a blast to play. I'm not super into the song, but the way it was mapped and the the happy upbeat music, I enjoyed that. So what what do you think, Adam? I mean, you you probably haven't played this at all. Is there even a single song on here you might buy? You know, honestly, I I haven't been one for most of the music packs. Um. And looking through it, not nothing's really standing out to me. Um, I think I'm going to just stick with the base Beat Saber experience for now. <laughs> okay. Well, one of- <laughs> I think one of the one of the biggest things with Beat Saber that I don't understand is that when I bought, purchased Rock Band, they had an unlimited supply of new music, and I I spent lots of money. They they got a lot of my money because they continued to give me music, but for Beat Saber. I just feel like they are pushing people into finding alternative means to get these songs. And then you're getting in situations with the mapping where people are used to better quality mapping because some of the fans are doing a better job than Beat Saber are. And I think another portion is that Beat Saber is so focused on this high score element that it's about challenging you as much as it's about being fun when a lot of these beat maps are just going 100%. Let's just be fun and silly and you have fun like you know like gangnam style songs where you're doing the dance (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just it's hilarious and it's awesome and you you picture yourself doing this the motions from the music video in the beat saber and it's like i i feel like that's 
a big portion that I think is hurting them so much. And I hope that they can do more packs like this continuously where I can start picking up my library because other than the Green Day, the Linkin Park, and this one Limbiscuit song, I don't really like any of the music that's in Beat Saber, at least <laughs> not on the level that I am excited to boot up the game. It's good music, but it's not that it doesn't get me excited, I mean. Yeah, and especially those in the PSVR crowd who don't have the custom songs. They're stuck exactly. with all this, you know. They're, they're I bought the game twice it. just for the custom songs. Yep, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I bought the game, bought the game like four times for the custom songs. Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let part of a big part of your channel is gaming reviews. You talk about new games. Sometimes you play games before they're out. Uh, Forever Bowl just came out, right? Or is it is yep. it even out yet? Yes, it's out. It came out on the third, I believe. No, not the third. That was 22nd. I don't know. It was, it was a week or two ago. Okay, so it hasn't 27, been so 27th. It came out 27th because Carve came out the same day as it. Uh, well, tell tell everybody what Forever Bowl is for those who don't know. So Forever Bowl is a bowling game that they have clearly taken Wii Sports and they've added in the room scale element of VR to that. Hmm. They've thrown in as many little extras as they can with bowling balls that in some cases have an aquarium inside the bowling ball. They've added special abilities to some of the bowling balls. So you get a mixture of a realistic experience and a non-realistic experience. They've added in multiplayer. They've added there's six levels. They're adding two more soon with an update and tons more upcoming. There's actually a sign in one of the levels that shows a bunch of different locations and one of the developers had a little hint that if if you know if the game sales are good and the content keeps coming, that's their that's their plan for upcoming levels. But at the, at the end of the day, for me at least, it's Wii Sports in VR. At least Wii Sports bowling in VR. Okay, but biggest that's, question. If I can summarize it as that. <laughs> yeah, but biggest question for those that that I'm not going to name any names, but who are truly truly dreadful at bowling, can you get bumpers? <laughs> Yes, there is there is there is one course that you can have bumper that that always has bumpers, and it's actually right. the same course that gives <laughs> you all the uh, all the future levels. But they did also mention on the Discord, someone someone asked, "Can we get these bumpers in all the levels?" And he's like, "That's a good idea." So uh-huh. I'm thinking that down the road there's going to be a always bumpers option for those <laughs> who want it because I'm not going to lie, one added element of bowling in VR is that. I have to go move into my kitchen because I don't want to punch anything. And when you're bowling, you're using a huge amount of space to do the full bowling motion. And I think that's one element with bowling in VR that is the make or break thing. So if you, if you can have a, like a, a something to make that all the easier or make it so that you're not losing as intensely, <laughs> it'll probably be a lot more fun for those that maybe can't have that space. And I think Premium bowling has an auto aim feature, which kind of alleviates that function. But for four VR bowl, they've gone full realistic. There is one ball that I love using. It's called the gutter avoider, and it will lean away automatically as you hit gutters. But it's still if if you still like you have to be somewhat knowing what you're doing. Hmm. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't you can't get you can't get lucky that much realistically. It really comes down to actually practicing and getting somewhat good. I think the highest I've bowled so far is like 150. And I was the kind of person that was over 200 every single game in Wii Sports. 
<laughs> All right. See, you're saying that you can't get like the always strike ball. You know, you, you can't get like the master ball for bowling, right? <laughs> there's 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 there's, there's some people that have th- gotten the the full 300 games, but is a small small list of people. <laughs> and Jay, what do you think about this game? Would you would you invest in a in a virtual reality bowling game? Well, luckily I didn't have to because a uh, virtual reality check who's an awesome YouTuber sent me a code for this. Uh, so I actually got to play this too. And now a oh. couple of, a couple of things that are different about Wii, Wii version. If you think back in the day with the Wii, you did two things before you actually bowled. You chose where your ball was going to be from the left to the right, and then you aimed it down the alley. And then from there, it was kind of based on your wrist motion and how you threw it, what happened, put the spin on the ball. This fully feels like you're really bowling. You you stand at the back of the lane, you have your ball, you take your steps forward, you launch it down. And as someone who's done a lot of bowling in real life, it actually felt pretty good, I got to say. I was surprised. Wow, uh, that's impressive. My my first I round... Saying, I gotta, go ahead, go ahead. I got I to gotta interject. They actually went to a real bowling alley to record all the audio too. Oh, uh, it sounds like <laughs> hey. it. Well, they did a lot yeah. of really cool things too. One other detail about the bowling alley itself is all the non-player characters, the NPCs in it. They're all kind of glitchy looking avatars. So the whole time you think it's actually all multiplayer online people, like even the people sitting there drinking tea don't look like a really good looking NPC. They look like kind of like a glitchy avatar and like it's having some ping issues. So I was like going up and waving <laughs> in people's faces because it's like, wait, are these real people just hanging out in the bowling alley? It, it made it really a convincing experience. Uh, and my first round, it was like the training round. Uh, I didn't get to, I didn't use any do-overs, but I did have some bumpers up. I ended up scoring a 99, which isn't, isn't great for bowling, but it's not terrible. Uh, but then when I got in with no bumpers, I still was hitting in that 90 and just over barely a hundred range on my own. So it definitely felt like it had some real translation from it. Cause I wasn't just gutter balling, gutter balling, gutter balling. Hmm. Uh, the thing about it that bugged me though, was when I went to do my whole bowling move, the last part of the move I rely on is a little bit of a slide in real life. And you, I was, I was in socks on carpet. I couldn't do that. So I was like, I kind of wonder if I played on my kitchen or something, something, something with tile. I wonder if I could kind of get that last bit of motion in and really nail it. Uh, the game, it looks great. It, it looks really good on the quest, but my problem was after like a few strikes or after some fun, I like wanted to like look around and like talk to people like you did with Wii bowling, you know, you played with your friends and it was like, unless you're playing multiplayer, you're not getting that as much in VR, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's why I felt like it was really lacking. And and you're using real motion to move up to the bowling lane. But guess what you're using when you're not in the bowling Teleport. lane? I looked, I tried to find, <laughs> I was like, maybe Lip will tell me there was a setting. I couldn't find okay. it. You're teleporting. I'm going to tell you a story. I, I got that game. I was the first person to join the Discord because I booted the game up. And within 20 minutes, I was on the Discord asking why there was no smooth little commotion. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's in the, apparently, it's in the first big update. So that, 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 that'll be fixed. But that's, one of, that's the exact example when I was thinking. I was like, how do you make a game this polished and you leave out that element in a bowling game where I most need to perfectly put myself in the right position to be bowling? And they give you this, they start, the default turning is this like inch, like so, yeah. it's so <laughs> slow. It's like unusable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't even believe that it's that bad. And it's just like I know what they I know they did it because they want you to perfect exactly your angle. But to me, I'm like, you've you need you need to put smooth smooth at least smooth turning in from the start for that kind of game. 
they do have this feature where if you press backwards on the analog stick, it'll like you can step backwards. Oh, but it 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 it's like a big step backwards. It's not it's not a smooth locomotion step backwards thing. And it that that's honestly that's that's like the biggest flaw to me because I personally, if if I want to lay off some steam, it's like I I feel like I don't mind playing the bowling game by myself, but. See, I might disagree with you. Yeah, I might disagree with you a a bit there because I feel like the biggest flaw is the fact that Jay relies on a slide in order to throw a bowling ball. (laughs) That that just sounds horrifying. (laughs) It's, well, I mean, you're wearing those slick shoes in the normal bowling alley. And so as you use your momentum, that last like step, what I do when when I'm bowling, so like my feet go and then my my right leg goes under my other leg and my front leg kind of slides. It's just a few inches, but it's, it always happens from the way I've learned to bowl. And so when I didn't have that today, I kept noticing I was like stopping hard. And then sometimes it was messing up my wrist the way I was throwing it. <laughs> and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta get on like a smooth surface to actually feel like I'm fully really bowling. Uh, but you know that that's interesting enough though. Uh, if I can just maybe give some props to a game that I've never played is that it feels realistic enough that you rely on your actual technique from bowling that you notice a difference on your carpet versus the actual bowling lane. Yeah. Like the fact that they're able to, that that is the biggest thing that you have to make it feel like a little bit more real. It just seems incredible to me for, for a VR game. Yeah. They, they did a yeah, fantastic have- job. Uh, As I say, the, the other thing that we didn't mention too is they've uh, also gone above and beyond, and they have a full licensed soundtrack. Well, full, but yep, they have yep. a decent amount of licensed songs. So you kind of you, you you start up in the first uh, the first alley, and you got Eye of the Tiger playing, and it's yep. like this is amazing. Like it really it really adds a huge amount to the experience that you don't get from a lot of quest games because licensed music is kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah, it really felt like you were at a real bowling alley due to that, and. It, the game does almost everything right. We're, we're mentioning some things that it doesn't do well here, but if, if you were looking for a good realistic bowling game, I would say this game is, is definitely the way to go. I just, it, it, there's these other things that I, I'm not that into bowling. So like it, it makes me a little sad that I feel like I'm not having that social side that I used to have with Wii bowling and, and the, the fact of the, the techniques that I use, I'm not used to, you know, I'm, we're pointing out some little things, but as far as how well this game does, what it does, it does great things. My question that, and it's about the gaming industry as a whole. It's about the VR industry. Why do we release games that just aren't quite done yet? Why does that always happen to us? Yeah, it's 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 funny because it's like back in the days of Nintendo, when there was cartridges, they'd release the game done or not done. It was never getting an update. It was just the way it was. So some (laughs) games were terrible crap and it's just the way it was. But then we got to like the PS3 time and it was like most games that came out had good working mechanics, less glitches. And and then now that we have the internet, we have updates. All of a sudden, we're back in this mode where we get these games that are like, "Oh, you want locomotion? It's coming. Oh, you want this? It's coming." Like, why are you releasing this day one with these pivotal, important features missing that are going to get you some bad reviews, some bad publicity, and then your game might be dead on arrival by update one? Like, why do we keep doing this? I don't understand. Is it is it a lack of time? to get it done is it they're trying to meet an end date to get done but it just seems like it's it's becoming acceptable to the gaming industry and i personally don't feel okay with that well you keep looking over here at jay and you're i'm the guy that's constantly sitting on an unfinished vr game in my, <laughs> on my computer so i don't know if i'm the best person to answer that <laughs> yeah, Let, I'm, I'm, i passionately hate teleport 
so much yep. to the point where I'm just like, like I played this uh, this Pets VR game, and it has this bl- it has this thing where the blink the blink turning <laughs> yep. turn the screen goes black for half a second, and I'm like, this this is what gives me motion sick. <laughs> you trying to alleviate my motion sickness is making me sick. Like, and it just and I messaged them, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll have it in some future update, and I was like, okay, well, I'll never play this game again then. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just that's exactly it. It's like if you release Dead on like Dead on Arrival, I'm not I'm not going to come back in a month and play it again. If I refund the game, it's over. Yeah, yeah. I'm you not you see, it here's then. here's what I think the main driving decision is between these things, right? Is that oh, as with most other decisions, it comes down to money. It's expensive to make these kinds of games, and so if you've been working for the last eight months on a game and you feel like it's nearly there, it's really helpful to get it out in front of people, not just because you want your creation to be you know shown to the world but because sometimes you need that little bit extra money to keep funding yourself so that you can push all the way to where you want it to be and so that that's a lot of the reason i think that at least kind of makes sense to me i think i think when when the update is just simple movement options it's like really how 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 much (laughs) effort how much additional cost is that costing that you can't have that day one you can't delay it a week I mean, like the four VR bowl, delaying it a week would have been good in every way because then they would have also not been competing with Carve. So it just to me, it's like makes no sense. And and I get it for them; they don't know smooth locomotion, so then they have now they have to learn how smooth locomotion works because they don't understand. Oh, what's what? Why is sometimes it tracking by the hand? Why is it sometimes going by the head? Why do some people like this control? Why do some people like the other? And I, I guess it's confusing for them because for them, they're just like, I only want teleport. But for gamers, and I think that's the big thing because we are gamers in VR. These people who are maybe not gamers as intensely as we are, maybe they're more technical, maybe they're more, you know, artists. They just don't see how important moving with an analog stick is to us. Hmm. I, I think. I think that's very possible. Well, Lip, the last the last kind of thing that I really wanted to talk about, especially because you touched on it earlier in the podcast, is like Forever Bowl, 4VR Bowl, whatever it's called. It's it's a well-designed bowling game. It does its job. But why does it seem like we keep getting this caliber of games? Like I've I own a Quest 2 and I just keep waiting. Like, what's the good big new game on quest 2 and it seems like so many games that come out are these experiences that i'm going to spend maybe an hour or two playing and not come back to what where is the disconnect that, that for a while we were all talking AAA, and now it seems like it's just dropped off the radar again the quest came out in what october <laughs> and and we're, we're not even a year later developers don't have time to make games but I mean, this is piggybacking off it, Quest One. If someone was developing something for that and wanted to bring it to it, it could. Or I feel like even you know Sony for a long time, their exclusives were like the big VR games I look forward to, or the occasional title on PC. Why is is PC gone dark? It seems like on big VR games. Is this due to the Quest Two? Is it due to what it's doing to the market? Do you, do you have any idea? Because I'm just I'm just trying to see if what other people think. Cause I feel like I have a suspicion, but I, I don't know if I'm right at all. I just want to confirm a little bit before I start throwing my, my suspicious opinions out there. <laughs> I, I, I would say that realistically to me, it's just, it's the, it's the, the, the five-year game cycle. I mean, these, these big AAA games take so long to make and you need to have the right people that even know how to make VR games. We saw medal of honor come out and, 
they oh. they they launched in the wrong way and it killed the game. Doesn't matter what they did afterwards because as soon as they came out like that, it was over. And now every other third big studio is going to look at that Medal of Honor and say, "Oh, look, they spent all that money, they made that big <laughs> game, and it did nothing." So we're not going to do it either. And that's what's going to happen unless unless Sony or unless Oculus is willing to fit the bill to alleviate that risk. They just it's going to it's too much money, too much money to waste, and it's a reputation that hurts you in the long run because a lot of flat gamers feel offended when you make a game that is they can't play. If, if Rockstar comes and says, oh, here's this exclusive VR game, people are going to get mad because they're like, well, I want to play Rockstar games and I don't want to buy a VR headset. It's stupid. I have to buy a VR headset. It's, it's the same thing with the state of plays. As soon as Sony mentions a VR game, you get all these negative people that are like, I'm not buying a PSVR. Yeah, well, you know, joke's on them because it's it's awesome. <laughs> no, Jay, I, I want you to give in to the dark side a little bit. You got to tell me your you know, the, the deep conspiratorial thoughts that you're having about the state of VR. I just feel like as, as great as quest two is going to be to help push it to the mainstream. I feel like it's killing everything I love about the VR market. Yeah. Uh, it's taken the spot of PSVR. It, they haven't outsold them yet, but it's become that budget headset. If you want to get into VR, that's where you're going. That used to be the PSVR. But the problem is Oculus isn't doing what PSVR did and launching great, big first party games. I, Oculus isn't hardly launching anything on the quest. It's, it's all these other developers. So it's like, if you're going to take that spot from the market, why aren't you the ones at least making good games for it to keep it going? Nintendo did it with Mario games, you know, Sega did it with Sonic. Like why does Oculus not have some sort of, some sort of known characters, known game that is really good that is pushing VR forward and it's, it's causing vive. We talked about earlier to push into business. It's causing other players to just stop creating. So I worry that we're going to have three or four more years of these short experience type games because either one developers say, Oh, the quest two can't power my game. So I'm not going to do it. Or two, the, the developers have just given up because they say, Oh, I don't want to develop for VR right now because it's just not, it's not the market I want it to be with these quest twos all out there everywhere. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be right. I'm afraid that I'm right. And I, it's great that we're getting towards mainstream, but that's not good. If it just means we're going to be playing all these short, short style experience style games again, that are unfinished. It was like, we were starting to touch on it before the quest line got big. We we're starting to hit those right games and maybe see some trajectory. And I just feel like it's kind of slowing down. And I, I don't want that. I think I have the answer to your question. So I think Oculus thinks it's easier to just buy who's already successful. They bought Beat Saber. <laughs> they bought the Echo VR. They bought Onward. So they just, they'll just buy what's successful and then have those people just keep making them games. And that's the way they're going to do branding. Oh. They, they won't make their own brand and risk it not succeeding. They'll just buy, they'll just basically buy the succe- successful ones and make sequels. And <laughs> I think that's where it's going. But what you're saying is Oculus has no, there's no mascot. There's nothing that makes you think I need to buy an Oculus because of that game. Yep. And that is where they're going to fail when a better headset comes along or headsets can compete with them on the same price point. Because they, I think of when I think of Oculus, I think of Facebook. Mark yep. Zuckerberg is not a good mascot. 
<laughs> they need to make a game where Mark Zuckerberg's the main character and the hero, and you play as him and just completely <laughs> el- eliminate the vision of the real guy. Like, make a Mario version of Mark that we play as, and we think VR is that, and we love it. That would you be know, what, what if you did it the opposite? Where, what if you made him the main villain, right? Ooh, you know, just like a Mark Zuckerberg shaped punching it's bag. Fa- right? it's, Facebook, it's Facebook Horizon, but you have to report everyone that offends you. oh my gosh what a game that would be uh lip 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 vr (laughs) i want you to tell our listeners if they love hearing you where can they find more of you where do they go well you can find me on youtube on uh well just search search for lip and you'll probably find me but the proper tagging is lip vr and that is that is the main place i post stuff but you can also find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there, uh, Lipnox88 on Twitter. So those those are the two places that I got the most following, and I'm the most active on. I got other side pages, but you know, you know, those pages go <laughs> TikTok. Like, oh, I got this Facebook page. You know, 30 people over there, and you know, these 30 people here, 30 people here. But those those are the two places that you're gonna find. Well, Lipnox, it's been fantastic to have you with us tonight. And viewers, feel free to reach out and go check him out. He has some incredible content out there, and and it'll help him out a lot. And if you want to get involved with uh, with the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, we have a wonderfully active Discord server where you can ask questions that we uh, love to answer on the podcast itself. Truth. Uh, and you can provide suggestions to help influence which games we're going to be playing and which games we'll be talking about each podcast. Uh, also feel free to help support us on patreon to get the podcast a day early and if you're listening to our podcast as most of our listeners do feel free to go check us out on youtube where you can see us interacting and uh, pointing at each other and <laughs> and you know get the full vr experience right and, and me thank you so much <laughs> what was that? and me looking at my wrist oh sure thing yeah i gotta check the, the time the all OV. the time right no not the, OV, the, the but thank you so much for listening and remember that when it comes to vr you have to dive on in i want in (laughs) (laughs) this is fun guys thank you thank you it was great having you yeah it was definitely definitely good times 